But the best way to grow on Instagram right now to the point where, you know, you could be growing like 50,000 overnight, that type of growth, which is unheard of at this point, unless you go massively viral. The biggest way to do it is to... Welcome to episode 127 of the Become a Media Maven podcast. In this episode, I'm chatting with Adaletta Avdich. And Adaletta is somebody who has been a digital content creator, aka influencer, for about three years. She's been doing it full time for three years. And I came across Adaletta because I heard her as a guest on a podcast that I am going to be appearing on in a few weeks. And I thought, this girl's cool. I want her to come on my podcast and talk about how she makes a living posting shit on Instagram and YouTube and TikTok. So you are not going to be disappointed in this episode. Adaletta really pulls back the curtain. She takes you behind the scenes on how she runs her business. You're going to hear the mistakes, she says, content creators that are holding them back from going full-time. She's going to share two strategies that I have never heard of before to build your Instagram following and engagement overnight. And then she's also going to share how she plans her social media posts, her blog posts, and where all of her ideas come from. And of course, you can see everything we talk about links to Adaletta's social and blog at becomeamediamaven.com. If you have not already, while you are here, please tap that subscribe button and leave me a rating or a review so Everybody knows at the podcast apps that they run that you are here and you are listening. I would appreciate it if you would just take a second to tap that subscribe button, leave me some stars, and leave me a review of what you are thinking about the podcast here at Become a Media Maven. Okay, here we go with Adaletta on how to make a living as a digital content creator. wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Adaletta, welcome to the Become a Media Maven podcast. I'm excited to have you on and chat all about how you are making a living as a digital content creator. How long have you been doing this full time? So full time, it has been since I want to say 2017, but I've been doing this since 2012. So I was kind of blogging and writing reviews on beauty products back when there was really only YouTubers doing this and they were doing, you know, it was the time of Michelle Fawn and Zoella, but I was doing it in a writing sense because I really liked to write. And back then I wasn't really that well-spoken. I didn't really want to talk to people. I just wanted to write because I thought I was more eloquent that way. So that's originally how I started, but yeah, it's been full time for three years now, which is kind of crazy to think about. And I've actually brought on my husband as part of the team as well. So it's amazing that this is a career, this is an industry, and it is, I do believe it is entrepreneurial. I love that. My husband left his job in August to become, I call him my house husband. He calls it a stay-at-home dad. Um, And I think maybe eventually he'll do something with me and my business. But right now he's taking care of all the kids while we're quarantined and they're in virtual school. So I love that, that your husband is is doing the thing with you. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me that 
moment in 2017 where you were like, okay, I'm going to do this full time because I'm sure this was something that you were considering for weeks or months before you actually pulled the trigger. But what was it that made you pull the trigger? Was it, was it really methodical and looking at finances and looking at projections? Like what was that process like? Yeah. So I think this is kind of the hardest part for people. And it was hard for me too, because I was working in tourism marketing, which was one of the best jobs. I basically was paid to wine and dine my clients all over the world. So I would work with, for example, Visit Boston. So I'd get to go on these amazing trips, see all of Boston, work with my clients, go to the best restaurants and sell them, you know, SEO services, digital marketing, email marketing, all of that good stuff. And There was two trips that I was invited to at this time that were for the blog and for my Instagram. One was a trip with a tourism company to go to Virginia Beach, and the other was with a skincare brand that I still am a diehard fan of, PCA Skin. And they were around the same time, and I had no PTO left to my name. It's like July 20th. I've already used up all my PTO for different blog trips that I'd already gone on. And both of these opportunities kind of came out of nowhere. And so um, we talked it back and forth and we were like, you know, am I going to go on these two trips and see what could be? Or am I going to decline these two trips that could be potential opportunities to further my career? And am I going to go be a director in the department that I'm working at? Am I going to stay in tours and marketing, you know, for the foreseeable future? And after a lot of back and forth, I had hit all of the monetary goals, right? So even though I had hit the goals that I told myself, if I make this much money blogging, I'm going to make the switch. I still hadn't done it. So I really needed a push and I feel like people usually do. And this was the push. This was, you know, I'm going to take these two trips. I'm going to get paid for both of them. And I'm going to get to do what I want to do for as long as I can. You know, you never know what's going to happen with the digital world. But I have that experience in the corporate world as well. And trust me, it's not going anywhere. It'll be there in five to 10 years if I need to switch back. So having the support of a partner and kind of talking it through was really that step where I was, I felt comfortable. And I said, I'm leaving and I'm going to do this full time. We're going to do it. We're going to make it happen. Were you so stressed out and worried and anxious about quitting your job and going all in? I was. And honestly, when we made this decision, we were traveling and we were in Norway and I was half there for pleasure, half for business. So when I got to the business side of it and I'm training my clients and I haven't told, obviously I haven't told my boss yet because I have to get back to Tucson so I can have a sit down, you know, I just felt like I was keeping a dirty little secret But I was anxious because, to be honest, everybody that's in my life today, including my husband, um, everyone is from that job. So there is a personal connection to that company because I wouldn't have my best friends. I wouldn't have the relationship I'm in. You know, all the people that I know now kind of came from that. So it was very bittersweet. And also... I will say before I started that career, I was, you know, driving the crappiest car that like broke down like every other day, like that career changed my life. It made me financially stable. You know, I I could have the luxuries that I didn't have before then. So there was just a very bittersweet time to have to go to my boss and say, hey, I know you, you know, you changed my life. You gave me this job and now I'm leaving, you know, but It was great to kind of tell him because he said, you know, I always thought that you would go this path because if it were me, I would want to know what I could do on my own too. 
And I would never want to hold you back from that. So it was really great, which made it even sadder. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, definitely anxiety leading up to the moment of actually telling him and kind of telling everyone. But I think most of my friends at the job kind of knew that this was at some point going to happen. Like they weren't surprised, you know. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that is, I have a friend who worked um, for Discover the Palm Beaches, which is, it sounds very similar yes. to Visit Boston, which side note, love Boston, been there once, obsessed. Um, and she did the same thing. And it was like the greatest job ever. And she also side hustles as an influencer and content creator. So there's so much overlap. And I'm sure you use so many tools that you used working as a tourism marketer that you do now. I want to touch on some things that people do wrong because lots of people want to make their living as a digital content creator mm -hmm. and they side hustle at it for years and years and years and they never get to the point where they are making enough money to actually quit their full-time job and do it. So what do you see people doing wrong? What mistakes do you see people making when they're side hustling and trying to build this business as an influencer or blogger or content creator? I really think the biggest issue is kind it's kind of an umbrella, but the biggest issue is that most people don't really have, it's two things. They don't really have the business know-how. And I didn't go to school for business. I actually, you know, studied psychology. I started as business, didn't really like accounting. <laughs> so I decided to go back to my um, second choice, which was psych. But I feel like working in the corporate setting is something that really prepares you for how to present yourself as a professional to every single brand. And I do feel that many influencers are writing, you know, text messages as emails. You know, they're not writing words out completely. They don't have an email signature. There's this just small things like that start to add up that just make it clear that you're not a business professional. And while, you know, we're taking photos of beautiful shoes and dresses and, you know, these extravagant things and traveling and it seems that you wouldn't need to necessarily know that, but you really do because when it comes down to how much you're going to get paid, how you have presented yourself is all part of that equation. And so I really feel that, you know, writing emails, being able to talk about timelines, being organized, um, having an accountant, an attorney, all of these things kind of start to add up where you realize you are running a business. This is not just you snapping a photo of your cappuccino every day and sharing, you know, your newest handbag. There is this side that I, I just don't think people realize because, you know, there's people like they're 18, 19, they're graduating high school and this is what they want to do, but they have no idea how many people they need to help them once they get to the point where they've grown enough to actually make it a living. So I think that's kind of the, the first part of what I think people do wrong is that they kind of underestimate what this is and how you need to do everything in order to be successful. The other thing that kind of goes under that is negotiation. There's a lot of my friends too that come to me and they, they'll tell me they only got paid $100 and they've got 80,000 followers. And I'm like, you got paid $100 to post on your Instagram feed? Like that is not okay. So there is, again, it kind of goes back to the business. You really need to pitch yourself and know what you're worth and what your time is worth. And then we go all the way to people, you know, taking things for free with that kind of following. And it's like, you can't be accepting $20 sunglasses 
if you want to make this a career. You really need to capitalize on the money and the paid side as soon as you can. But I do think you need to have some sort of a substantial following. Now you've got, you know, micro influencers. And I would say once you get to 50K, you can start making money. But I mean, if you're at 80,000 getting $100 for a post, like that's not okay. <laughs> so I think it's a little bit of, you know, the wild, wild west still in the influencer space. So you don't really know what you can get paid for. Um, but you kind of figure it out as you go and you realize, okay, is this whole project doing five videos for $100 make sense to me? Probably not. <laughs> so I think, again, it kind of goes back to just having that business mindset and knowing that you're going to need other people to help you. And you just need to treat it as a business. It is a profession. And you can't be sending text messages as emails and sending kissy faces and emojis. I just don't <laughs> think that's how people should run their business. And that's what I've been seeing. So I think that's the biggest issue of what people do wrong. I think that's great advice. It's kind of like people judge it based on what they see. Like people think they know how to be a doctor because they watch Grey's Anatomy. And my background is in TV. I was a TV reporter and anchor for 10 years before I started my my PR agency. And it drives me nuts. And I have so many family members. They all want to talk about and I'm using air quotes, the media and the media does this and the media does that. And I'm like, you've never even stepped foot into an actual newsroom. Like you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Exactly. You just think things work like this because it's how you see it. And there's so much behind the scenes. So I love that. I love that you mentioned that because I wasn't expecting that. You did mention follower numbers. Um, this also includes things like your traffic numbers on your blog. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's a big part of whether or not a brand thinks you are deserving of a certain payment or compensation for the work that you do. And engagement also comes into play, especially when we're talking about social media. So there's obviously all of these um, tricks, I guess, that people play. You know, you have the pods, you have the buying of the fake likes, you have the services that say they're going to get you real followers, but mm -hmm. they somehow always end up being men from the Middle East, and that is not <laughs> your ideal customer or client. Yeah. So what do you suggest to people? Because I think this is the biggest thing. It's the biggest hurdle is not just growing a following, but growing a following that is real and that is engaged. What what tips do you have, do's and don'ts for people on this? So I think the biggest thing that I would say right now, and this goes back to all of my education on the Lovely Clubhouse app, which is a new social media platform, but the best way to grow on Instagram right now to the point where, you know, you could be growing like 50,000 overnight, that type of growth, which is unheard of at this point, unless you go massively viral. The biggest way to do it is to use TikTok to your advantage. TikTok still has this capacity to allow you to grow so much overnight. And those followers will actually translate from TikTok over to Instagram. And there's a couple of tips and tricks that I've been learning too, in terms of doing a video on TikTok and, you know, saying, let's just say, I'm going to tell you four ways to really rehydrate your skin. You know, we're all dealing with winter skin. So I'll share three ways in the TikTok video. And obviously you wanna make sure that the video is entertaining or funny, interesting, so people watch it. And then at the very end, you tell them, for the best tip, you gotta go over to my Instagram. For some reason, that 
pushes people to Instagram like I've never seen before. So that would be my biggest tip is really to use TikTok to grow because the audience that's on TikTok, while they may be, you know, trending slightly younger, they're on Instagram. They're not on Facebook. They're not on Pinterest. They're not typically on YouTube, but they are going to go over to Instagram. And we know that a lot of the marketing dollars are still being pumped into Instagram in particular because that is the biggest platform still. So that would be my biggest tip. My other tip that I've been personally experiencing is making those connections on Clubhouse or another platform like that where you actually feel like it's a two-way street and then having people come over to Instagram because at this point, we're inundated with so many people who want to do this. It's no longer, you know, there's 20 people trying to be influencers. This, I mean, I logged into one of the platforms that I work with in terms of campaigns. There's 160,000 accounts just on that platform alone, which has to mean to me that there is at least half a million people at least trying to do this. So the competition is very high. The opportunities are still there and they will continue to grow as more brands, you know, come on board and understand that this is where people are spending their time. But you really have to build more of this two-way street because for someone to be super interested in you and invested and want to buy and swipe up and click, you have to do something that someone hasn't done. And at this point, that's very difficult. So for me, I've just really found things like this, like us talking back and forth right now, having people on my podcast, making those connections in Clubhouse and converting over from TikTok is really the best way to increase that audience on Instagram, which again is kind of that cash cow for all of us, which is why we want those higher numbers and that higher traffic. So Hopefully that helps. It's definitely not the traditional thing like you were kind of saying earlier of like, just be yourself and create good content. This is like <laughs> more strategy of build relationships that could potentially turn into opportunities, but it's also going to create the conversion of someone coming from these other apps over to Instagram and they may swipe up, use your discount code, you know, use your links, all of that good stuff. Yeah, I can't anymore with the just create good content and be your authentic self. Like, okay, there's a little bit more to that now. Like, <laughs> come on, people. Um, I just found you on TikTok. You have 352,000 followers. Tell me what kind of stuff you're posting on TikTok. It's yeah. not, I mean, we all watch it. We all get on and scroll for different reasons. What what are you what are you doing? What's your niche on TikTok? Because every platform is different. What you do on TikTok is different from Instagram. It's different Absolutely. from from your blog. So tell me tell me what you're doing on all of these platforms. And loaded question: How you plan it out? I mean, do you have a Google spreadsheet with like today I'm doing an alternative to retinol. Tomorrow I'm talking about a breakout clearing booster. I mean, what is what does your day to day look like when you are planning this content? Since you do do it full time. There you so, go. 10 questions in one. <laughs> so before the pandemic started, I actually had planned out maybe six months worth of content and then everything happened. <laughs> so, okay. Timing I planned for the year. Back up. Completely. How do you plan six months? <laughs> like, do you plan something like every day for six months? Like, what does that even look like? No. So what I do, so the schedule, I guess I'd be better if I told you the schedule. So two YouTube videos a week. I try to post on Instagram once a day, five to six days a week. Instagram stories is like a constant, just whenever I get a chance or if I have a campaign, just, you know, kind of post it. That's more of like my day-to-day -day real stuff. TikTok is now a little bit less frequent for me because I've already seen the growth on there. So now I just can't dedicate as much time because I'm really focusing on the growth with YouTube in particular this year. 
The podcast comes out once a week on Wednesdays. Every other week we have two episodes on the podcast. Um, blog post is also, but my blogs are the most inconsistent because I've found that we are living in more of this age where people are looking for video. So that's kind of why I shifted slightly away from it, but I still want my site to be a resource. I want Google to index, you know, four way or four new retinal alternatives. You know, I want that traffic still, but it's just less of a priority at this time. Um, and then I'm trying to think, so for Pinterest, we do a pin with every blog post or YouTube video. Facebook is non-existent really in my day to day. I really don't use it that much. I have one, but it's just whatever. And then Twitter, I go on there to share new blog posts, new YouTube videos. I'll check in occasionally just to see what people are tweeting. And then Clubhouse is kind of what I've been on a lot recently. I've been modding a lot of groups. So between all of those, which sounds like a lot, it is. I, I kind of found a good flow because I know that I'm going to be creating video. So the easiest way for me to make sure I'm consistent on all of these platforms is I'll come up with an idea. So, you know, the most recent one was the retinol alternative. And I just recently discovered that it's kind of new information, which is why it's not really trending yet, because people haven't really started talking about Bacuchiol, which is a plant derived alternative to retinol. It's a little bit better for sensitive skin um, because, you know, retinol can sometimes be really abrasive to people who haven't used something like that before and it makes them red and itchy. So how I come up with that is I figure out a concept. Then I think, is this going to be good as a long form video over on YouTube? For Mondays, I have a Monday mashup series where I basically talk about one product where I just review it and it's usually something really good. I don't really spend a lot of time talking about bad products. I really just kind of highlight the good ones that are worth it. So it's like, okay, am I going to talk about, you know, two products that have Bacuchil instead of retinol in them on my YouTube? No, maybe not. I don't really have two really good ones. So let me just make this a TikTok video because it's more short form and it's kind of has the potential to be more trending once people kind of pick up on what it is. Then I think to myself, is this going to do well on my IG reels? And typically what I found is the informational and educational content does really well either in long form video on YouTube or short form on TikTok. It doesn't really do that well on IG Reels because Instagram is still this aesthetically pleasing platform. So what I do on IG Reels is typically fashion. And when I share it on TikTok, it really doesn't do as well. So they do have to be kind of separate, which then creates this problem of, you know, how many videos can I make a week? Because if I'm focusing more on fashion on Instagram and then skincare and beauty on TikTok, it's two totally different things that I have to be creating at all times. So how I've done this is I've been repurposing content that I've done at some point to either share a new tip and just chopping up different slices of videos to kind of make it more relevant for now, even though the content may have been done before, because it's impossible to create like, I mean, it, it's possible if I had a team of 25 people, you know, like Gary V, I could totally pump out 60 videos a week, but that's not the reality of the situation. So I really have to repurpose and find new gems, kind of like, you know, finding this retinol alternative. So it is a lot. Um, but what I had planned, you know, the three to six months before pandemic hit was really focusing on times of year. So, you know, transitioning skin from winter to spring, transitioning, you know, your wardrobe from spring to summer, um, kind of just like those overarching concepts, you know, planning for 4th of July. So once you start fitting in all the different times of year and what people are looking for, I'm just thinking of like, you know, Valentine's Day, like all of that stuff kind of gives you so many things to talk about that then you're like, wait, 
I want to talk about my own content. And then when you, you know, you've had your list of ideas that you've wanted to review, it all just starts to kind of fill in very easily. Then you're kind of like, I have so many ideas. I'm going to need to start taking out some of these holidays. Do I really care about this one? Maybe not. I'm going to, you know, instead talk about this topic. So once you start kind of placing it into the time period, it really becomes a lot easier to know what you're talking about because I have a lot of ideas, I just don't have a lot of time. And I also am not the best at managing my time. So I'm also this creative who wants to watch what other people are doing. So I find myself going down rabbit holes because I find other people who inspire me and then I'm like, well, I'm gonna do this video. And then I realize, no, 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 I have to do these other four before I do this one. And it just is this really fun creative cycle, but I also find myself not always able to commit to certain deadlines. like. At this point, too, with everything that happens in the world now, I just feel like you can't even say that you're going to post something next Tuesday because, God forbid, something horrible happens. I can't post that day, you know, because then it's not it's not OK to post on, you know, during certain things happening in the world. So it's almost like you really can't be super specific with some of this stuff. But that's why I kind of have gotten less into this like schedule of three to six months. And it's more of flying by the seat of my pants, which has been invigorating. And also somehow it works. <laughs> I love that you just explained all of that because I think this goes back to, you know, a point you made when we started talking and I was asking what mistakes do people make? And you said they don't, not just the business know-how, um, but the fact that you can do this full-time because you are treating it like a full-time job. You are working your ass off day in and day out to create content. You're not just shooting a video and posting it like you're actually taking the time to ensure that the quality is right and that it's good for this platform and that you're sharing this to lead people here and there like there's so much thought behind it and i see a lot of people who think it's just creating content like willy-nilly without a whole lot of thought and throwing it up there so i'm glad that you went into detail on how you do all of that now my productivity nerdiness is wondering what do you use to plan everything like are you in trello are you using spreadsheets like what does that look like there was a platform that we were using for a while because then my podcast manager was in there um aaron was in there i can't even remember what it was called but i just cut that out and i mostly use my google calendar now and just do invites saying, you know, I'm going to shoot this on this day. I'm going to edit during this time block. Um, and I organize the most important to me is my partnerships. And I organize those by the week and figure out, OK, I'm going to be working on this this week. I'm going to work on this one next week. Then we're probably going to go live the following week. And so I plan it kind of based on project and everything else just sort of kind of fills into the spaces in between because I'm so consistent with, I mean, I feel like Instagram has always been like my ride or die just because it is, again, the moneymaker. I'm very consistent on there in terms of posting as well as Instagram stories. And so everything just kind of starts to fall into place when you realize the most important to schedule and be on time for are the partnered opportunities, which have contracts and deadlines. So once I get those, I'm like, okay, well, I got an empty space on Wednesday. I've got an empty space here. And to be honest with my YouTube series, so I was kind of mentioning Monday Mashup, I will grab a product on Sunday night and I'll look around. I have so many products. I'm staring at so many things on my desk right now. It's a little overwhelming, but I will pick something that I've really been loving in the last week 
And I'll talk about it then because it's so, it's new, it's fresh in my mind. I usually film that day and I'm pretty good at editing. I think that is probably my greatest skill <laughs> because now that video is, you know, the king of all content, I'm pretty good at editing. So I can do stuff pretty on the fly, but it's also timely because, you know, when you, I, I feel like now I look different every day. And I've changed my hair. So stuff that I even shot two weeks ago, I'm like, oh, I don't want to post that because that's like so old. So I do find a lot of motivation in getting things done as soon as I film and kind of editing right away, getting it posted as soon as possible. But I think it's because I can edit pretty quickly. I know lots of people edit their YouTube vlogs for like two weeks. So like by the time you see something on YouTube, it, that was like their life two or three weeks ago, which I've just never really sat right with me. I wanted everything to be kind of in the right moment. So I've just gotten quick once I do the work, get it turned over, edited and get it live. I love that. And you guys can catch everything that she is doing at attitude get it adaletta attitude it's a d a a t u d e on instagram and tiktok i'm obviously going to link to your website and your youtube channel you also have a podcast get an attitude podcast where people can go and subscribe and listen one last question where do you get all of your ideas you say you're full of ideas so where do they all come from honestly i have so with my focus more on the beauty side and in particular skincare a lot of my inspiration comes from the products that I'm sent. So there is boxes at my door every single day and I'll look through and I'll start to see trends with what brands are doing. Um, right. So with, I think it was last spring, summer, I felt like bronzing products were so hot. Everyone was sending me some sort of bronzing product, whether it had SPF or it was a bronzing mist spray, or it was a bronze eyeshadow. So we kind of see these trends based on some of the PR that I get, but I also like to see trends with other creators. There's very few creators that really shock or surprise me at this point, especially in this particular niche. You know, there's amazing creators on TikTok, which is sometimes I'm like, wow, that would be really cool as a skincare video, but I don't even know how to translate that concept over, right? Because it's so different from anything I would do. Um, the one that I'm kind of thinking in particular is some of the science experiments where there's just like pink goo on like the top of a skyscraper. And I'm like, there's no way I could ever, you know, make this cool enough. But I get most of that inspiration from people who are actually in my niche. And then I kind of try to pull from things that are completely outside of it and try to make it my own. Um, but I have had a lot of people send me ideas too. They're like, you should use this song in a skincare video. And it starts to kind of get tricky because you can only do so many cool videos. And I'm, I say cool with cool transitions, you know, like you snap your fingers and there's a new product in your hand. You can only do that so many times until it's so old and like you got to get to the next thing. So I do find that skincare is more challenging, but it's so rewarding when you figure out your next idea and you're like, oh, okay, this is a good one. And you kind of share with the brand and they're like, yeah, we really like that. So it's really just kind of thinking through what's going to be cool. And that's the hardest part is those cool transitions that the kids love these days. It's like, you know, you, you look to the right, you look back and now you've got makeup on. What's the next iteration of that? Because we've seen those cool transitions, but I'm always trying to think one step ahead because I want to come up with something that no one has done, or at least very few people have. But in terms of just ideas in general for like my blog, oh, I've got like 50, 60 blog post ideas already just based on the products I have 
in my house right now because there's so many good products and there's so many things that people do wrong when it comes to skincare that I feel like it could be helpful for them. You know, learning about the order, learning about why certain ingredients are in certain products. That is like, that list is very long, but I do find that, you know, the short form video is a little bit trickier and we spend like two, three hours concepting every time I come up with something and I'm like, okay, we're working with this line. This is the vitamin C line what is our concept? And we'll go back and forth and bounce ideas off. It's like, nope, that's, that's not good enough. You know, oh, we did that over here, you know, on Instagram, don't really want to do it here. Ah, it doesn't really make sense. And it's, it really does require collaboration and kind of bouncing the idea off of someone. Because I know a lot of times people say, you know, the, the best videos and the ones that go viral are kind of like the silliest, or they took you like 10 seconds to make. But when it's a career, I feel like you really do need to put more effort into it and you do have to think it through because if you're creating video at this really fast pace, uh, in a fast paced environment, you're going to run out of ideas. So you're going to need to concept and, you know, figure out what's going to be the best. So yeah, I get inspiration from all sorts of places, but I just have ideas in terms of the products. And then really the hardest part is bringing that to life in video format. I love that. Yes. And we will be watching and paying attention to all of the editing and transitions. I love watching that, especially with, with beauty and fashion. I feel like those are the best ones. You know who else is amazing is Will Smith. Do you watch his videos? Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. So good. You know, They're that's so actually good. a really good example of a celebrity doing it really well. Whereas I feel like some celebrities are just like, you know, dancing in front of the camera and you see like 4 million likes and you're like, if only it were that easy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, if only I could just dance and, you know, just, you know, a little bit of your hand movement, a little bit of like hip swaying and 4 million likes. That's just not how it works for us. <laughs> I know. I know. Will Smith is, he has some of the, the coolest videos out there. And I actually, I love Will Smith. I've loved him for years, but I just started following him on social just because of the cool videos and the editing. So proves your point right there. Is yeah. there anything else you want to add that I should have asked? I think the only thing I would add is simply that people shouldn't start this in the hopes that they're going to become very rich. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you know, with the fact that there is micro influencers now and you can have 10,000 followers and be making, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month from it. I feel like you have to do it out of passion because you're going to get frustrated really quick. And to be honest, when I first started blogging, I, this wasn't really a career at all in 2012. No one was talking about this. Only the YouTubers were getting paid. That's when YouTube started monetizing and they were making very small money back then too. But to, to go into it and think, you know, I'm going to become this overnight success and I'm going to be making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and I'm going to be on a yacht it's very unrealistic. It really does take a lot of hard work. And in some cases, you know, we see celebrities transitioning to be, you know, influencers or people who are on The Bachelor, for example, they instantly become influencers overnight. And some of them have even admitted that's the only reason they went on the show. They're like, I didn't even like the guy. I just wanted to be an influencer. And I just <laughs> stayed on the show as long as I could. You know, there, there's these like tricky, sneaky ways to do that. But I just feel like doing it the right way is just letting the organic people come being, I know we don't want to say it, but being yourself and just working <laughs> hard because a lot of people don't want to work hard and they realize after they do like five videos, they're like, well, none of them went viral. I must really suck. 
No, the algorithms suck. Your content is great. You just have to keep pushing because you're going to get your break. And that actually brings me to a point. I was um, talking to someone from the TikTok team yesterday, and she said that if you posted, let's just say, you know, this is a crazy amount, but if you posted five videos a day, if they were short, and maybe not all of them are super well edited, like they're just kind of like funny, whatever. Um, if you did five a day, she basically said that every five to eight videos, one is almost guaranteed to go viral. It's kind of like a, it's not, not an unwritten rule, but the majority of videos go viral. When it comes to Instagram, you have literally no chance of going viral. You know, it's like, it has to be the best video on earth. And sometimes even those that have like the 50 million views aren't really that great. But the, the odds are really in your favor with TikTok if you're super consistent. And I think consistency is something that, again, we didn't really touch on too much, but it, you have to stay consistent with the content. You can't disappear for a week. The thing is, is if you want to take a week off, you had to have, you know, pre-planned your content ahead of time. So you still are posting, but you're not necessarily in the process of doing it when you want to take a break. So I think that would be my advice. Hopefully that's helpful to everyone listening. I love that. That was so helpful. You can find Adeletta at Attitude on Instagram and TikTok. Attitude.com is her website. And then her podcast is Get an Attitude. Thank you so much, Adeletta. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we got another good one. We're talking to my friend, Michelle. This is actually going to be her second time on the podcast. The first time was quite some time ago when I launched my podcast back in the day, almost 200 episodes ago. And she came on and she was talking about social media. It was a super popular episode. It was episode six. And we talked about how to promote yourself on social media to actually make money. Then she was Michelle Dempsey. Now she is Michelle Maltak. She is married and she has a brand new brand. So she's going to talk about launching a new brand in a new niche from scratch and being super successful super fast because that is what she has done. So you're not going to want to miss that episode next week. And then, dare I say, I think I'm going to take a break from the podcast. I'm just kind of rethinking the reasons I started the podcast, what has gone on in the past couple of years, and I don't know. I'm just kind of wondering what's next for Become a Media Maven, what kind of guests I'm going to bring on, what we're going to talk about, what the end goal of the podcast is. Like, people, this takes a lot of time to record these episodes and edit them and distribute them and promote them. Like, what am I doing it all for? So I'm just going to kind of take some time to reevaluate that. So if you are new here, then make sure you go back and check out all of these old episodes. I mean, hello, we are in here at this one is episode 127 but remember for quite some time almost a year I did a little thing called three things on Thursday where I would share three things like three things I do to keep my kids busy at home my favorite three nonfiction books my three reasons why you should say no to contributing to the Forbes council so we've got almost 200 episodes between my three things on Thursday and these weekly episodes where I bring some pretty cool people on to chat about some pretty cool things. So make sure you check out those old episodes if you have not already. And thank you as always for joining me here on Become a Media Maven.